Matthew 6, Matthew 6. Come on up in here, boy. Come on. And, and look, look at the praise team. Looking good. Healed, hold, and delivered. Look at God. All right. Ah, verse 5. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they loved, they loved to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, Go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your father knows the things you need before you ask them. Somebody say amen. I'm going to put a tag on this text and preach from the topic, when you pray. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, when you pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. We declare again with joy that this is the day that you've made. You've allowed us to make it here in person or virtual. And we give you glory, praise, and honor. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you for the way you give your word to us week in and week out. Thank you, Father, for these seven days of prayer and fasting. Thank you, Lord, that, that we're beginning our year in prayer. And Father, we are trusting that through this experience, through this exchange, that you reveal more of your will to us, more of yourself to us. I lift up every home represented here. And Father, I ask your choicest blessings. Father, Sister Barbara Allison is battling cancer now. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would touch her body, that you would heal, comfort, and restore the sister of Sister Parker, our church's attorney, is battling cancer now. I pray that you would minister by the power of your Holy Spirit. We have our own sister Carrie Perry, Sister Thea McKelvey, Sister Joaquina Wade. We call those names now. And Father, we ask it with believing prayer for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Thank you so much, ushers, for your faithfulness. When you pray. When you pray. Here is our big idea for today. Don't pray to be seen. Pray to be heard by God. Don't pray to be seen by people. Pray to be heard by God. And before I go any further, I want you to grab that cell phone that's in your hand and go down to the Version Bible app that's somewhere on there, little brown app. Click on that, click on events, and you can download a digital copy of our notes for today. Don't pray to be seen by people. Pray to be heard by God. Jesus is teaching his disciples and us 
about the practice of prayer. In several gospel accounts, Jesus teaches the model prayer, our Father, which art in heaven. He, he teaches that as a method for all of us to pray. But in Matthew, before he gets to the prayer, Jesus deals with the heart. Hmm. Before he begins to outline in verse 9 what prayer looks like, he wants us to understand how we ought to first and foremost approach this time of prayer. Before Jesus deals with content, he deals with intent. See, beloved, we pray to experience more of God, to share in his presence, to give him glory. And I need for you to offer this lofty goal up before your own prayer life. We pray to experience more of God, to share in his presence, to give him glory. And therefore, when we when we walk in that space, we understand that prayer is, is not simply about getting stuff from God, but prayer is about getting more of God. And I'm here to let you know that when you are spending time in prayer, getting more of God, not focusing on the stuff you may want, even need, you will discover, watch this, that when it's time for corporate worship, because you've spent time with him privately, it will affect what happens in your seat publicly. I know I'm preaching to myself. When I've spent some time with the Lord, something happens when I enter his gates with thanksgiving. When, when I know that I've been on bended knee at home, by the time I get to church, they don't have to fuss at me to lift up my hands. I come in with my hands raised up. Is there a witness in the house that can testify when I spend time with them there, I have more of an experience here? Prayer is not simply about getting stuff from God, but it is about getting more of God. So as we bring our seven days of praying, fasting to a close, here is the question. Have you gotten closer to the Lord? Don't answer that. Just, just, just hear me out. Have you gotten closer to have these exercises in prayer and fasting lent itself to a deeper encounter with the Lord? You may say, Pastor, I, I feel just about the same. Well, then keep praying and fasting. Oh, I need a witness up in here. If you say things are just about the same, you don't feel no different, ain't nothing shifted in your atmosphere, then you need to extend the fast. Prayer isn't simply about getting stuff from God, but it's about getting more of God. The concept of prayer is closely related to a sheepdog. A sheepdog. See, the sheepdog is a dog who helps the shepherd or the farmer to round up the sheep. It's a sheepdog. But the sheepdog is always trained to come to his master's feet. Sheepdog. Sheepdogs are some of the most trained dogs in the world. They learn to round up sheep, keep them in the fold, protect them from harm. And then the sheepdog comes right back to the master's feet 
Oh, I'm preaching to myself. A sheepdog will always pray. That is, he always find himself at the master's feet, ready for his next instruction. Beloved, that's prayer. Prayer is that abiding relationship where believers stay at the master's feet. Not because you want something, but just because you enjoy his presence. Beloved, prayer is not about getting presence, but it is about God's abiding presence. Maybe I'm preaching to myself, but I get frustrated when believers try to treat prayer like a vending machine. And the only time you find yourself in the snack room is when you need something. Prayer isn't about getting presence, but about God's abiding presence. Simone has been teaching me about these. Is a homonym, is that right? Something like that. Presence, presence. Say it again. Homophone. See, I guess you catch that. Homophone. I'm learning. Uh, 52. Amen. Homophones. Presence versus presence. So Jesus opens up this section. Verse 5. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, Stephen Brown, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Please know Jesus is not opposed to public prayer. Jesus is opposed to performing prayer. Oh God, I just It's not about praying in public. That's that's something we ought do, but but he is opposed to performing prayer. And y'all y'all know about Come on up in here somebody, performing prayer. If, if I pray to be seen by people, and not to be heard by God, then my prayer stops with people. Oh, I feel that by myself. If all you're praying about is to impress somebody else what scripture you know, what, what big theological term you know, then your prayer stops at the ears who hear it. That's your reward. That's your answer. That is the extent of your prayer with God. But Jesus is not opposed to public prayers, just, just performing prayers. But this, this attitude is not limited to prayer. In these preceding verses, Jesus teaches about how we share our substance. In essence, he is teaching us, don't brag on yourself. Oh, y'all help me. Look at your neighbor. Don't, don't brag on yourself. Don't, don't, don't brag. Don't, don't, don't boast. Don't, don't brag. Uh, don't, don't brag on yourself. If you tell everyone what a blessing you are to others, then don't expect any reward from the Father. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. Somebody sleep on you. Well, give them a nudge. They stay to play watching the Cowboys. If, if you brag and boast about how much of a blessing you are to other people, then, beloved, that is your reward. Later on in this passage, Jesus teaches about fasting and how we are to fast with discretion. <laughs> not to be seen. We ought not practice our faith as if man is the audience. Oh, please get that, beloved. We, we ought not practice our faith as if man is the audience. We, we ought to practice our faith 
for the glory of God alone. The glory of, of God alone. Paul teaches the believers at Colossae. He says that whatever you do, says Paul, do it from the heart and for the Lord. Okay, catch that. Do, 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 it, do it from the heart and for the Lord, not for people. Knowing you will receive a reward of an inheritance from the Lord. So it boils down to, beloved, who do you want to please? God or man? And y'all, in this social media era, this social media age, my heart is troubled because the faith community seems to get more accolades for their posts than they do for the glory of God. It's, it's like we want to get the attention, but we don't understand if all we get is acclaim from man, then we're missing the acclaim from God. It's clearly a real temptation, which is, by the, which is why the Lord Jesus addresses it in this passage. Watch this. For those of us who have been participating in the fast, in seven days of prayer and fasting, did you notice how you were tempted to bring it up? Almost moment by moment in conversation. I mean, people talking about football. Oh, yeah, the cow, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm fasting, so I can't really watch the game. And, and somebody's like, we're not talking about fasting. Somebody talking about a dish they're cooking, and they're going to cook it this weekend. Mm, I would eat it, but, you know, I'm fasting. I'm, 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 I'm fasting from fried foods with, with my church. We, we, we fast. Beloved, if you're going to talk about it, then why do it? If you're going to boast and brag and tell everybody about it, then why bother? If you're going to do it right, keep it between you and the Lord. Watch this, because he is the only one that can make the difference. If you're praying and fasting for a breakthrough, I guarantee you, your coworker cannot give you the breakthrough. If you're fasting and praying for deliverance, I guarantee you, your homeboy, your homegirl cannot deliver you. It depends on who you want the glory from, God or man. Let me, let me press forward. Y'all quiet on me. Let, let me press forward because text is moving. He says in verse 6, but when you pray, Steve Brown, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Get ready to write, y'all. Jesus is teaching us his first principle. Here it is. Jesus says, focus upon God. Get that down. Focus upon God. Notice the language of the text. Private room. Shut door. Secret. Oh, God. Beloved, Jesus wants us to be focused. 
This is why we can watch Jesus' life and how he modeled prayer. I, re- I repeat and recite this verse every time I teach on prayer. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Focus upon God. Prayer is an intimate encounter with the Father. It's between you and him. And now I'm preaching to myself, not you and your phone. Look at me, y'all. Come on. I see you on that mask. Come on, look up here. Not between you and the television. And I've even had to monitor myself because even when I play some Christian music, I can find myself getting lost in the music and forgetting to pray. I ain't got no help up in here. Focus upon God. Set the atmosphere. The place that you pray is important. You may think, Pastor Brown, I ain't got no place. My house is small. Yeah, you got a place. I like to keep it real. If you got a toilet, you got a place. You want some privacy? Close the door and flush. Ain't nobody going to mess with you for a little while. You got to set the atmosphere. The place is important. Free from the distraction. And also free from other folks' attention. What Jesus is teaching them and us is intentionality. That's... That's what this whole movement is about this first month of the year. Intentionality. Pray first. Beloved, if we don't plan to pray, then we won't likely pray. If we don't plan to pray, then we'll rarely pray. If we don't plan to pray, then prayer will be our last final resort. And I know this is true because it has been my own experience. When prayer is a low priority, I'm doing everything in my own strength to get things done. But when prayer is a high priority, I discover that God does the heavy lifting. See, for many of us, prayer is like a AAA card. It's there if you need it. But if you don't really need it or plan to use it very much... It just stays in your pocketbook. Oh, God. Song I shared last week, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Be intentional. Focus. Focus upon God. But the text is moving. Look at verse 7. It says, when you pray, Don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Not only focus upon God. Secondly, be faithful to God. Oh, somebody say be faithful. Come on, somebody say be faithful. Prayer is about sincerity, not style. Oh, y'all, y'all missed it. Y'all, y'all was talking. Let me, let me try that one more time. Prayer is about sincerity, not style. Prayer 
is about intimacy, not eloquence. In verse 6, Jesus deals with the location of prayer. In verse 7, Jesus deals with the content of prayer. And I'm here to let you know that prayer is nothing to be played with. We must take our prayer lives seriously. And so Jesus warns against, here it is, babble talk. Oh, God, babble, babble talk. Babble talk is foolish talk. Help me, somebody. Just repetitive stuff. Using big words that you really don't understand yourself. Oh, man, y'all, y'all have been there. I, I, I remember when I was a young man in church. Help me, Lord Jesus. I could almost determine with pinpoint accuracy how the prayer, the devotion hour would go. Y'all don't know about devotion. Certain deacons, I just knew what they was going to say. And my friends and I would be just making fun with our eyes closed, just lip syncing what they were saying. And we knew we are. Thank you, Lord, for not letting my bed be my cooling board. Come on, somebody. Y'all know that. And it was funny until I became a junior deacon. Oh, God. And, and then they gave me the microphone. I tried, and then I cried. The most humiliating thing for a young boy, I'm just crying because I didn't know what to say. I just, yeah. I was humiliated, but I learned a valuable lesson. And at the heels of my tears, I was able to grow in my area of weakness. Here's what happened. My mom, she began to wake me up early every morning. She would get me on my knees and we would pray together. Every day, mom would get me up. Every day. And she was modeling prayer for my young mind. I soon realized that the Lord wasn't concerned with my words. He was concerned with our time together. Oh, I'm helping somebody young and not so young. Let me tell you something. It is not about your eloquence. It is not about the words you use. It is about the time shared. It is about the intimacy experience. You don't have to try and impress God, Stephen Brown, because you can't. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. So if you say, Pastor Brown, I'm going to I'm going to make a commitment to pray to the Lord. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to do it every day. That's a good goal. But even if you fall short, say, Lord, I'm going to make sure I'm praying at least three days, four days a week. And that commitment will give you the intimacy that you desire. It's not about trying to impress God, but it's about spending time with God. A man was praying one day in this church in England, and, and his, his, his English was terrible. His, 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 his British English was terrible. He was doing a horrible job. He was destroying the king's English. And there was a lady in the congregation. She was just beside herself. This man was just messing up the king's English. And after which, she went to him. She said, young man, that was the worst grammar and articulation I've ever heard in my life. I am disgusted that you would talk like that. He turned and looked at the woman and said, but lady, I wasn't even talking to you. Oh, y'all got to hear me what I say. Stop trying to be impressive with Lord Jesus says, 
Away with all the babble talk. Speak to the Lord from your heart. If you're mad at God, tell him you're mad. If you need more of God, tell him, Lord, I need more of you. If you're frustrated, tell him, Lord, I ain't got nowhere to turn. If you want to just give him praise, say, Lord, I give you glory and honor because you alone are worthy. Stop all the, the babble talk. Focus. Focus upon God. We're finished. Focus upon God. Secondly, be faithful. Be faithful to God. Finally, and last point, fellowship. With God. Fellowship. Fellowship. He says in verse 8, don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Oh, God. Fellowship. Intimacy. Time. These are the values that matter in other words Jesus is challenging us here it is to be present oh God to, to be present in that moment that, that's, that's what fellowshipping with God looks like notice the phrase Jesus uses he says your father knows I need you to underline it in your scripture if you can highlight it on your device your father knows. So watch this. Since God already knows what it is you need, prayer is less about a list of needs and more about intimacy with the Father. Oh my God, fellowship. If God already knows what you need, you're not praying to bring him an awareness of what you need. You're praying to spend time with him. It is about fellowship. He already knows. Now watch this. Jesus ain't saying stop asking. No, no, no. He's just saying God already knows what you need, so ask God knowing that he can handle it. Is there anybody in the house that says, you know what, Pastor Brown, I need to start asking like I know God can handle it. As a matter of fact, I've been asking like I don't think he can handle it, like I don't believe he can heal, like I'm not sure if he can deliver. Jesus is saying it's more about that fellowship moment. Just co-sign with God. This is what I need. This is where I struggle. This is, this is my hope in you. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He'll guide you till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Heads about, eyes are closed. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the simplicity of your word. Thank you that you met us here on today. Thank you for your goodness, your grace. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for prayer. Yeah. Thank you that on today we are reminded that we are to be focused. Focus upon you, Lord. So we got to set the atmosphere. We got to be intentional about the space and and the activity of our prayer. But then, Father, help us to be faithful. 
faithful to you in the moment. Be sincere because we don't have to try to impress you or anybody else for that matter. And then, Lord God, help us to, to fellowship with you, to be present in the moment. Because it's not about a list. It's about a relationship. I lift up every person under the sound of my voice. Father, all of us struggle in this area of prayer. We'll have a series of good days, weeks, even months, and then we'll have a drought. So, Father, I'm praying for that individual that finds him or herself in a drought. Father, we've been trying to pray ourselves out of it, but it's a drought. So I ask in faith that you would touch that man, woman, boy, or girl. That you would minister to them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help them, Father, right now to focus upon you, to be faithful to you, and to fellowship with you. This is our prayer. We submit it faithfully, believingly, in Jesus' name. Let everyone say amen. Come on, stand up on your feet and give God some praise right where you are. Everyone stand up.